Welcome to Level Up Academy podcast, where we explore the diverse set of skills that can be applied across various industries and professions. Each episode will deep dive into the world of transferable skills, discussing topics like communication, problem solving, critical thinking, and more. Join us as we speak with experts in different fields and share stories of individuals who have successfully transferred their skills from one industry to another. Whether you're a recent grad, a mid-career professional, or someone looking to make a career change, this podcast is for you. So sit back, relax, and let's discover how you can leverage your existing skills to excel in any industry. Welcome to Level Up Academy podcast. This is your host, Dr. Leland, a serial educator, an opportunities designer, and a compassionate leader. Hello, Level Up listeners. This is your host, Dr. Leland from Level Up. Today, I have a very special guest. Introduce yourself. Hi, Carrie Ann Gulliver, otherwise known as America's Franchise Matchmaker. Awesome. Miss Gulliver, actually, Carrie Ann, can you tell me a little bit about yourself? Like, go back, I would say, 10, 20 years ago. What, how did you get here today? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, my story is unlike any other people's story. None of it actually was planned. Uh, but I think sometimes the best things in life happen unplanned. Um, and so I would say, you know, over 20 years ago, where I was, uh, I worked with a lot of startup companies and I really thrived in that environment, was in sales and marketing. And I love startups because it was obviously a new challenge every day and we were building something from scratch and we were nurturing it and taking it out to the market. But the problem was, is there was too many stops with the startups, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because obviously I was not in control and didn't have the authority to make all the decisions. And there was always some Yahoo that was there screwing something up and then there was a stop and then there was a start later on and then another stop. And um, so I literally found myself having dinner with friends and family drinking some fine wine, eating some great food. And we were all sitting around having the conversation. What do we want to do when we grow up? And I'm sure that's something that's probably very familiar with a lot of people that might be listening. That is true. And then from there on that conversation, you're like, this is what I'm going to do. How did you stumble upon that? Yeah, it's, um, it's kind of interesting. So uh, my sister and my brother-in-law had just moved back from East Coast. My brother-in-law up to that point had been um, a general manager for some high-end restaurants and um, they are both obviously from Colorado as well and they wanted to move back and get married and start a family. And um, so they sold everything that they owned except for what would fit in this small little trailer and they drove all the way back to Colorado and got married and um, wanted to start a family sooner than later. And obviously being in the restaurant industry, for all you people that are familiar with that, you know how demanding that industry is. Nights, evenings, weekends, holidays, 90 plus hours a week. So my sister was like, honey, you gotta find something. You gotta find a new gig because I can't start a family by myself and I'm gonna need your support. And so he was kind of in a transition and my sister had been a teacher um, her previous life before she decided to move back to Colorado and, and really kind of focus on starting a family. 
And I had obviously been in one of those stopping phases with the startups. And um, so my brother-in-law said, I know we should start a swamp cooling repair and fix it business. Now, I don't know how many people are familiar with swamp coolers. They're considered the, the you know, poor man's air conditioning unit. Um, they are on the rooftops of buildings. We love it here in Colorado where we have absolutely no humidity because it, it with water, creates some moisture in the air for our dry, dry air here. And um, he had worked on swamp coolers in various restaurants that he was a general manager fixing and repairing them. Um, and their first house that they moved back to Colorado actually had a swamp cooler that he had to maintain. And so my first uh, response was, okay, cut him off. He's had too much wine to drink. <laughs> you know, like, what are you talking about? And he's like, no, seriously. He's like, it's going to be great. And we're going to call it Swamp Boy. And, and literally, we started talking more and more about it. And following Sunday, we put an ad in the paper. This is back in the late 90s, 1990s, 96, 97. And call Swamp Boy for your maintenance and repairs for your swamp cooler. And by golly, on Monday morning, the phone started ringing. No joke. Wow. <laughs> no joke. And so nothing doing. My brother-in-law had to have my sister, you know, embroidery, a name tag, Swamp Boy, on these, uh, you know, I don't know, this jumpsuit thing that he wore. I mean, he's all about, you know, details. And he's very charismatic personality. And so... The phone was ringing, scheduling, sending him, sending him out to these appointments. And over time, and we were literally, let me tell you, we were literally running this business out of the basement of our house. Right? Because, I mean, we yeah, didn't know any different. So one day he came back to the basement and he said, Carrie Ann, hi, I don't know what's going on out there, but nobody can seem to get anybody to show up to do anything. I said, what are you talking about? He's like, well, on my last appointment, you know, this woman wanted me to, she wanted me to do some carpentry and she wanted me, you know, to fix this and fix that. And this just kept happening over and over and over. So we literally, and again, back in the late nineties, there was no such thing as a no call list. Right? <laughs> yeah. We literally got the phone book. Yeah. Pages, so thunk, you know, cause those were, can you remember when they used to just yeah. drive by and throw them in your driveway? Yeah. Right? Big, thick book. Yeah. <laughs> I remember. Well, there you go. Yeah. There's your world, right? Because there was very limited internet at that time. Right? Yeah. And so we literally called 300 and I don't know how many people in the white pages. Hey, you know, ringy dingy, would you like to have a handyman service? Um, you know, what are the types of things that you would want them to do? How much would you be willing to pay? Because time and time again, people, our community, we were listening our community was telling us, we can't get anyone to show up to do these things. Mm -hmm. And you're here. Can you please do them? Mm -hmm. So that so our swamp cooling repair and fix it business literally morphed into a full blown handyman business mm -hmm. because we wanted to provide a solution to the problem that our community was telling us they were having. Right. And that's what every good business does. Mm -hmm. So. Then we, we needed more, more people to go out to the home. So we were interviewing tradespeople. So in the basement, we had this um, bathroom, 
which really encompasses pretty much everything you need for a handyman, right? Right. Law, plumbing. (laughs) Yeah. So we'd go in there and break something or break a couple things. And then if they couldn't fix it, we knew we shouldn't be interviewing them. Yeah. You're like, bye. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we would do that. We ran background checks. We kept hiring more people. Some of the some of the people from the restaurants that my brother-in-law left um, were calling, going, "What do you What do you got going on? We're getting burned out. You know, we want to try what you're doing." We're like, "Okay, so we carve out a territory for them in North Colorado or South Colorado or East Colorado. We'd be like, okay, we're going to send you all the materials and everything we did. Now go start hiring some craftsmen. Call us if you have any issues." Mm-hmm. And we just kept duplicating and duplicating it. Someone came to us and said, you guys ought to think about franchising your business. Mm. And we were like, what? <laughs> what is that about? Right? So we learned about franchising and we got super excited because we were like, wow, we could literally duplicate our business, help other people happily escape corporate America and become business owners. Mm-hmm. Um, and create an asset they own, right? Be in charge of making all the decisions, make the majority of the margin because they're going to stop renting their time and talent to work for the man. And they're going to start building wealth for themselves and maybe create a legacy for their children down the road. And why not? So in the latter part of 2001, we franchised our business. And... We were the top-rated national handyman franchise for two decades. Wow. Crazy. Right? Swamp Boy started it, okay? Like, that is so amazing. Due to Swamp Boy. Yeah. And we have people call us. We had, I had this couple call. Well, they, they sent an email and inquired, and then they called from Ireland. Wow. Yeah. And they're like, we're in Ireland. And we're coming to Colorado for our vacation because they take the whole summer off, right? They do it right. They don't just yeah, vacation two weeks. Two <laughs> yeah. right? And they're like, we're going to come to Colorado and we want to meet you. We're like, fascinating. And sure enough, they came. They stayed for two weeks. They nearly drunk us all under the table. Well, and yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're all having to take turns in the office. Yeah. I cannot go out again. Somebody else has to go with Julian and Owen. This is ridiculous, right? And they were just lovely people, young. Yeah. Yeah. And they were like, we want to open up our your handyman business in Ireland. And we were like, that's really far away. Yeah. <laughs> sure, we're going to be able to support you. So we're like... We really think you need X more dollars of working capital and really kind of think more about this and okay, bye-bye, right? Like and and we wave goodbye and let me just tell you, a couple months later, Owen called and he said, I've got the extra working capital, I'm ready to go. It was crazy. And then the fight in the office was who gets to go to Ireland to open them up, right? And let me tell you, they had I think three or four kids being owners, built their family, built a great business in Ireland. It was just amazing. It was amazing. So three years ago, this last September, our franchise was acquired. Mm. It was acquired by Ace Hardware. Wow. Yeah. Ace Hardware. So 
before then, uh, I'll, you know, rewind the tape a little bit. In 2006, being on the franchisor side with our handyman business, I realized, gosh, there are so many people out there that are intrigued by the idea of being a business owner. And they see that a franchise is a business in a box. The operations, the marketing, the technology, the training, support, it's already done for you. You don't have to have this vision, create something from scratch. It's already done for you. But they leave it up to Google and friends and family to tell them which franchise to buy, which rarely yields in a good choice. Mm -hmm. And they way too many people do not understand how to conduct a proper due diligence mm-hmm. on a franchise, right? Because it's a it's an investment. It's like buying a house or a boat or a car. I mean, it's a big, big, huge decision. And so in 2006, I started my franchise consulting business because I felt as an entrepreneur, it is my responsibility to be seen and to be heard and to help guide people into becoming more educated prospective buyers on this type of investment decision, right, for their future. And so I started my consulting business in 2006. Um, our handyman business got acquired three years ago. Um, and and so I have separated and, and I've just been doing my consulting business full time. So I've been operating that since 2006. Um, sister and brother-in-law love them tons, but now they work for Ace. Wow. Ace Handyman division. Um, but here's what I can tell all the listeners. When you find success being a business owner, whether it's planned or not, whether it's with a franchise or just starting something from scratch, it's like the golden handcuffs when you find success. Mm Mm-hmm. And I could never have another boss ever in my entire life, right? Because I'll work 15, 17 hours, but I'm doing it out of the love that I have in my soul. And I literally feel like I'm changing people's lives every day. Because business ownership, franchise ownership is not a fit for everyone. And through my journey of exploration that I take people through, it's their journey. I'm just simply their guide. They make all the decisions on this journey, but let me just tell you, when they make that decision, this is not the right path for me. I'm like, hallelujah, amen. This is a victory. And they're like, what? We thought you'd be mad. No, I'm so happy because now you know what you really need and now you can find a different path that is going to fulfill you if franchising or business ownership isn't it, right? So... I feel like I can really help people navigate the franchise waters and connect them to some of the fastest growing, most successful franchises here in America um, and really help them understand who they are and what they need, their dreams, their wants, their needs, their wishes, what what they hope to accomplish, um, their spend tolerance. So I am America's franchise matchmaker, right? So then my people that I work with go on some blind dates with some franchise matches and they have some courtship and they may or may not get to the altar at the end of the day. Cause it really is meant to be a profitable business marriage at the yeah. end of the day. Yeah. Right? And so 
that's really kind of how I ended up in franchising is from the basement days. I love it. Morphing into the franchise and then getting acquired and, and, and being on the franchisor side, realizing, whoa, 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 whoa. There's way too many misguided people out there, mm-hmm. you know, because a lot of people don't understand there's a lot more to franchising than French fries. Um, there is yeah, or coffee. coffee. Yeah. Or coffee. Yeah. There, there are, you know, amazing opportunities out there for people to either escape corporate America and start, start a new career or have a side hustle with the franchise and keep their day job, keep their paycheck. Mm-hmm. There's lots of options out there, uh, but it's all about taking back control and building additional wealth for their future. That's so cool. My my next question is, what do you think, okay, is a trait, like the skills and trait do you feel are the most important when you want to be a franchise owner versus like just getting your job or getting a, a your own business from scratch? What what do you think is the most important skills? Yeah, that's a great question. I would say um, most of the people that I work with have managed other people. Okay. Right? So even if they've had a small staff, they have management skill sets, right? They know how to lead. They're a natural leader and they can manage people because what they're going to be doing is when you buy a franchise business, you're going to be elevating yourself from the specialty or the expert to the boss. You're going to be the boss now, right? And then you're going to build a team underneath you. And so you have to be able to lead and manage. You have to be able to um, encourage people, right? So good management skills, good leadership skills, um, a basic understanding of financials, right? know how to read a P&L, mm-hmm. know how to put together a performer or a budget, right? Anybody should know that if they're going to go into the business, right? Because you got to know what's going on with the numbers, right? Yeah. Um, those are really the basics. That's pretty cool. I teach that class right now and I tell my students, pay attention, right? They yes. want to open up a business. They're like, I hate accounting. I'm like, I'm not even giving you debits and credits. I'm giving yeah. you just the, the overview because... If you hire people, you need to know if you can't afford them. You know what I mean? If you want to not hire people, why not? It all comes down to the dollars and cents, right? It does. It does. Now, has the recent COVID-19 pandemic changed your approach to people when it comes to like giving your uh, consultation or has that even increased because of COVID-19? Well, one thing that I might have failed to mention to you is that all of my services, all my coaching all my connections to funding uh, organizations to help them fund their franchise of their dreams and the franchise companies, it's completely free. I don't charge a penny for any of my services that, to anyone that works with me. Because of all my success and my track record in franchising, franchise companies like to use me as a recruiter. To help identify people that have the right skill sets and can afford their franchise in the areas that they're looking to develop. So if I do the matchmaking correctly and the franchisor approves the person and the person says, yes, I buy this, I want to buy this franchise, then the franchise company is going to pay me a finder's fee very similar to a real estate agent. Yeah. Yeah. Or a recruiter, really. Some of them get, yeah. Yeah. So with that being said, 
since the pandemic, um, let's just say, you know, 2022 banner year. Banner year for me, highest placements I've ever done since 2006. Wow. 2019, just a smidge under this year's placements. And, and I really think, again, people are forced to look inward and do a self-discovery and say, am I truly happy doing what I'm doing every day? Or do I want to take this time to find a new path to bring me happiness? And maybe, you know, people are happy. Maybe people were happy with their job, but they said, um, there's, there's a void that I want to fill. I want to give back to my community. I want to provide a positive impact. I want to help lead others because I personally gained satisfaction by helping others be successful, whatever it was, whatever their why, you know, was, um, that motivated them enough to be able to take the leap and at least explore the opportunity of doing something different. Yeah. So it's definitely increased significantly. Wow, that's pretty amazing, actually, because I could see that happening when there's, you know, like the mass quitting of teachers. <laughs> you know, we're not we're getting paid like two bucks an hour. It's a joke, but it is true. It is a joke. Yeah, it is very much so. And and a lot of people are doing quiet quitting, right? It's because it's not worth it anymore. Now, if someone were to like, hmm, this is so exciting. Tell me more, like, where should they even start when it comes to franchising? Should they start like, I want to franchise a Starbucks or a McDonald's? Oh, no, that's probably half a million dollars. But where do they start? Like, how do you even get there? Because a lot of people are saying, you know, franchise, you don't have control over anything, right? They are telling you exactly to the T and just multiply what they're doing. You're not really the boss of you. You're just kind of making money, but it's not. You are definitely, yeah, you you are absolutely in charge, 100%. You're in charge of your customers. You're in charge of your staff. You're in charge of your books. You're in charge of executing the proven plan. The franchisor is not going to do that for you, but they are going to give you the playbook, and they're going to tell you exactly what to do, when to do it, why you're doing what you're doing, and they're going to help you every day make sure you get to the World Series because they are responsible for you being successful. So um, it is a myth to say I'm not in control of anything when I own a franchise business because you are you are making all the decisions um, and you are in control of that. You're in control of your pricing, everything, right? So you have a playbook and you have decisions that have fluidity and flexibility to it. Um, but yes, if you go to McDonald's and they don't have a Big Mac on the menu, you're going to be like, what the heck? Yeah. <laughs> back on the menu, right? So there's certain boundaries, rules, and parameters that have to be set worth that that's what creates the branding and the value proposition with franchising. So that whether you go to the McDonald's in, you know, Wisconsin or the McDonald's in Barrow Beach, Florida, or the McDonald's in, you know, Colorado Springs, Colorado, you can be assured there's going to be a Big Mac on the menu. Right. So um, those things add value and increase the valuation of the business overall. They're not I mean, not all the rules are bad. Right. So but here's the thing. People don't know where to begin. Mm -mm. It's very overwhelming. Mm -hmm. I do all the heavy lifting. Right. I'm an expert. I have a pulse on the industry. Not every franchise organization is created equal. You can bet your boots on that. Right. And I can confidently say that because I was a franchisor. 
So I saw how all the other franchise companies operated. So we vet these franchise companies. We look at their training and their marketing and their support and how many store closures they have. Do they have any lawsuits? Uh, what's going on? Call franchise owners. Are you happy? Are you making money? Um, how does the franchisor support you? How long does it take them to get back to you when you have an issue? So we do all the heavy lifting. And, and we have a special inventory that we work with. And again, I am proud to say that I work with some of the fastest growing, most successful franchises in America for a reason. Why? Because number one, it's my reputation on the line. Number two, I want them to come back and buy their second, third, fourth franchise from me, right? Because we got a home run the first one. And I want referrals because what is that saying? Birds of a feather flock together. together. Yeah. Right? And so, you know, they are going to be surrounded by like people who also say, hey, I want to be a business owner like you. How did you find that franchise? Well, I worked with America's franchise matchmaker, Carrie Ann. Let me connect you. You know, I honestly can tell you I'm very blessed. Yeah, a very large percentage of my business is 100% referral. Even when people don't buy a franchise, they send me probably more referrals than the people that buy franchises. Because they're just like, this was an this amazing, is amazing experience. I learned so much about myself and I didn't leave empty handed, even though I'm not going to move forward with the business, right? Right. So the steps they need to take is they need to be prepared to do a self-discovery. What are their dreams, wants? Is it even possible, right? Financially, can they even afford a franchise, right? You have to have at least um, a liquidity, you know, some sort of liquidity of at least 100000 and you got to have a net worth of at least three fifty dollars uh, to buy anything that's going to bring any kind of revenue in the door, right? Um, so they need to take an inventory of their financials. They need to think of uh, what are their strengths, what are their weaknesses, right? Um, and then they need to contact me, and, and we can have a discussion and, and then we can move to eventually a consultation where we can put together their, their dream wish list because nobody has time to waste, right? So no. we are laser focused and we make sure that we're in the strongest position to identify and match them up to a, multiple businesses um, so they can compare and contrast and stack these up against each other. It should never be a one and done scenario. Yeah, should be having like comparative analysis between these yes. competitors and see. Um, I'm glad you said that because that was my next question. I'm like, if someone was thinking of having a franchise, like how much does, you know, do they need? And you answer that literally um, because other people want it. But if they don't have the means to do it, it's not impossible, obviously, but it is impossible right now if you don't have the yeah. asset, right? It's all about timing. Right? Yeah. And really in today's climate, I tell everyone, like, my goal is to spend as little of your own money as possible. Why? Because smart business people use OPM, other people's money. Mm -hmm. That's why they got money, mm -hmm. right? That's what smart business people do. So worst case scenario in today's climate, you're going to have to make a down payment of 30%, just like you would for a car or a house. Mm -hmm. And then the delta can be covered by a small business loan, a home equity line of credit. Um, a lot of people don't know that they can actually roll over some of their retirement dollars to themselves tax-free and penalty-free to start their own franchise 
Mm, there's a, a, a conversation that most people don't know, and they are actually already have 401k anyway, right? 401k or IRAs, yeah. either one, right? Wow. So let's say that, you know, they were transitioned out of their last company. Their last company let them go and said, we don't need you. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Um, okay, well, I got this 401k sitting here. Well, you can take that compounding effect and you can borrow a portion of that to yourself, tax-free and penalty-free, to start your own franchise business or any other business. It doesn't have to be a franchise. You can't go on a Neiman Marcus shopping spree. You can't go to Nordstrom's. You can't buy a bow. It has to be business, right? <laughs> Otherwise, you'll end up in the pokey, right? So we don't want to give any bad advice out there. Yeah. Those dollars for the business or a business. Yeah. But how cool is that? That is pretty cool, actually. Not a lot of people, not even me, I didn't even know you can do that with tax free because everyone's so scared, like 40% is gonna be taken out. You know, like it's just a lot of money that you have to it's, it feels like double taxation really at the end, too. Okay. Um yeah. yeah. So it's it's a phenomenal product. It's called the Rob's program, rollover for business startup. Uh, it's a real deal. It's legal. It's been out there for decades, and and millions of people have used it. Um, some people take a combination of maybe some savings, and but but again, we want you to get educated, become an educated prospective buyer before you make any decisions or spend any money. Yeah, even like hey, if this is your lifetime goal, and you like, I don't even have. 20,000 in my bank or maybe even even like 80,000 but I but someday soon I'm gonna get that talk to Carrie Ann and see where you're heading and then from there that's your main intentions and goal two years from now you might get you know half a million and like Carrie Ann I'm ready let's go you never know right I mean nothing happens by accident that's what I know for sure yeah yeah my last question is If you were to inspire someone right now listening, saying, hey, I really want to connect. I really want to know what my options are in terms of making my own business through franchise. Where do I start? Yeah. So you can go to my website. It's franchise-logic.com. That's the little dash, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And my calendar is right there on the front page. You can book an initial 15-minute discussion with me. I've been, you know, franchising business ownership for over 24 years. I, I'm sure there is not a question someone could ask me that I wouldn't be able to answer. And we could just have, you know, some dialogue and talk about why does this make sense for you or why does it not make sense for you? And then if it does make sense for us to work together, then uh, we're going to start the journey. And it, it's typically a 90-day journey from beginning to end. You have to get approved by the franchisor. Not everyone gets approved, but we're going to put you to the front of the line and shine you in the brightest light. And, you know, we won't know if franchising is going to be right for you or not until we get going. It's like buying a house. You have that dream of getting that certain house. You put down yeah. the negotiation. You're like, counter offer me. I, I can't do this. <laughs> That's amazing. Thank you so much. I, I learned quite a bit, actually, in this conversation. Okay. Um, so now I'm like, oh, I know people who can help you. I, I pride myself of knowing a lot of people that can, that are helping other people either through business to learning to whatever. So this is amazing. I'll put you on that list for sure. Thank you so much for your time today. Oh my gosh. Thank you. It was all my pleasure. It was just wonderful to share my story. Awesome.
Thank you for listening to my podcast today. If you have any questions, email me at lua at levelupbydocleland.com. Lua, L-U-A-B-Y-D-O-C-L-E-Y-L-A-N-D.com. It's open for consultations and courses will be offered soon. I will see you in my next episode. Stay connected, informed, and inspired. Until next time.